Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. For years, ParCast has worked tirelessly to bring you an unprecedented look at history's most radical true crime events. Your support has not only allowed us to keep exploring these stories, but has driven us to keep expanding as well. So as a thank you to the ParCast listeners, I am honored to announce the release of our first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. It's available on July 12th, and you can pre-order it today at parcast.com slash cults. The Branch Davidians, The Ant Hill Kids, Heaven's Gate, and more. Cults combs through the terrifying details never explored in any of Parcast's series before. This is a passion project only made possible by you. So we truly hope you'll enjoy it. Visit parcast.com slash cults to pre-order your copy of Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. We can say with certainty the 1800s were wild, especially when it came to spiritualism. It wasn't mainstream or even completely understood, so it gave people like Andrew Jackson Davis the perfect shot at being a pioneer of sorts. I feel like it was kind of the wild, wild west, you know? Of ghosts, yes. Of ghosts. (laughs) Ghosts and spooky business. (laughs) And the old adage of the early bird gets the worm, but the worm being fame and fortune in this case. And Mm. Andrew Jackson Davis, or AJD as I obviously call him, was influential in how people viewed hypnosis, something that we may not hear a whole lot about today. Okay, now I'm intrigued. You got me. You got me hooked. It's almost like I lured you in. I mesmerized you. You did! everyone and welcome to Rituals, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm M. Schultz. And I'm Christine Schieffer. Every week we'll explore the evolution of spiritualism and the occult through stories, practices, and the impact on modern culture. I gotta tell you, Christine, I am very stoked to be talking about hypnosis this week. <sighs> I can't wait. I'm literally going to be everyone's guide today on Andrew Jackson Davis, who I didn't know existed until about 24 hours ago. But I gotta tell you, anytime I can talk about mesmerism or hypnosis. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good day. I can't wait. So let's crack into it. Hello, lover of things that go bump in the night. This is Dan Cummins. And I'm Lindsay Cummins. And we co-host the paranormal horror podcast, Scared to Death. Are shadow people real? What about demonic possessions? Poltergeist activity? Do you believe in ghosts? Malevolent entities? Are aliens real? Could you be abducted? We don't know, but what we do know is that we have over 230 episodes of stories on our podcast, Scared to Death, exploring all of the possibilities. Each week, we share several supposedly true stories that have been gathered from around the world and submissions from our own fans of allegedly true tales. Curious about the paranormal? Just like a spooky story? Do you need more fear to fuel you through your long work days? Come join us. New episodes of Scared to Death are released every Tuesday night. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you end up scared to death. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Let's talk a little bit about hypnosis, Christine. Let's talk about it for the whole episode, actually. I think I've been waiting my whole life for this conversation. Let's do it. Oh, well, have you ever been hypnotized? Is there? I haven't. I haven't either. No. Oh, my gosh. Why not? Honestly, because I'm scared. Me too. Well, I think when it comes to like psychological, I think of like going to therapy and getting hypnotized. I'm more okay with that because it's in a private space. But I also think of like the stage shows where you Mm -hmm. get hypnotized in front of people and that it just won't fly with me. Isn't it true that some people are less susceptible to that? That's what I've 
seen because I've been to those shows before. And I think if you're just not in the right headspace, I'm afraid I would be too in my own way to get hypnotized, if that makes sense. I think not knowing what would happen for me is the part that scares me the most because I think I would actively try to fight it. And if I found out that I was still capable of falling under someone's spell, I'd be like, "Uh oh, and it'd be too late. As far as I've heard from at least like hypnotherapy, you need to be like consenting, willing participant, because I'm pretty sure if you're like, I refuse to get hypnotized, it's just not going to work. I believe it in theory, but I also in practice don't want to find out when I'm on stage in front of a (laughs) bunch of people. You're the exception. Yeah. (laughs) My mom has done it a few times, like done the stage shows where she like she really gets hypnotized. Like she would very easy. I think she's been hypnotized at least two or three times. What? And there was two different times that were stage shows. And then there was another time that I don't know if it was hypnosis. I don't want to like poo poo on anyone. But let's say she went to like a conference where I think she was just expected to meditate for the first time in her life. And it was like she had an epiphany. (laughs) But in the times where she has had to do it like on a stage, she like knocked out before everyone else on stage. And she (laughs) Linda, she's ready to uh, be told what to do, I guess. Linda's like, take the wheel, hypnotist. There was one show where she it was like so mean. I know it was like for entertainment value, but the hypnotist at the end was like, before you wake up, the next thing you drink is going to taste like pee, like something gross. <gasps> Some, and then afterwards, everyone got off the stage and all the people sitting at their table was like, drink this, drink this. And so and I my mom said it tasted like pee. So wait, are you serious? Yeah. Like I can't. Un- OK. Can you imagine if I just made that up? Yes, I'm no, serious. No, no, no. I don't mean that. I mean, like, but that seriously works. Of oh, yeah. I don't think you made it up, but I'm like, it's that powerful. Oh, yeah. Oh. Have you ever been to one of those like no. shows? Oh, they're. So entertaining. I mean, I my only experience is people who are like doing this for entertainment value versus like truly using it for help. But even from just that angle, I have to believe it. I'm not going to knock it. I don't know enough about it to knock it, but also I've never been on the receiving end, so I'm not going to knock it. But anyone I know who has been a willing participant of it has said it works. So, okay, I'll take that testimonial and I'll run with it. Yeah. And if someone has a completely different experience, so sorry that I just like (laughs) chose a side and ran with it. Right. So as for today's topic with hypnotism, we're talking about Andrew Jackson Davis. Have you ever heard of him before today? No. I mean, the only thing I know is that Andrew Jackson Davis sounds a lot like Andrew Jackson, and I'm assuming they're not the same person. (laughs) I thought the same thing, Christine. You were not alone. I was like, (laughs) the president was a hypnotist? I was like, this is crazy. I was like, why was our history class so boring when there was this kind of information out there? (laughs) Between this and Arthur Conan Doyle and all these people, I was I was just con- I'm like, where was I? I think I know the answer to this, but have you ever experienced someone who claims that they have some sort of abilities and they're taking their claims a little too far or maybe they're not as genuine? Mm. I feel like I know your answer is yes with your one friend who got some bad information about her mom. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. That's where my brain went to. I forgot that I'd even told you that it was so long ago now. But yeah. Like you said, my friend had an experience with like a psychic medium who like told her some really horribly dark stuff about how her mother was going to pass away that year. Mm -hmm. And just I feel like, you know, I've talked to other people who ended up not being true. Right. It absolutely was not true. And I feel like one of the things you learn when you're working in that field is like, A, nothing is static. So, you know, you can't just be like, oh, they're going to be dead next week. And then for sure that, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's hard to stick to a such a concrete story anyway. But even so, like, if you did receive that information, like, why would you tell somebody who you're trying to help or trying to, you know, and I think they must have just been misguided or like new at it or something. But it was a disaster. And my friend had a really, really, really hard, like took it very hard and struggled for a long time with it so you're right like that kind of thing is also a little scary yeah that was the first thing i thought about Mm -hmm. when i was like i wonder what would christine's answer be and i was like oh i already know that (laughs) do you have any experience with that um that's a tough one for me because yeah christine's already sorry in her laughter i shouldn't have even asked i don't know how to say it in a way yeah and then (laughs) move on Let's just say I have someone in my family who believes they have some abilities that they 
They just don't. Let's put it that way. <laughs> put it that way. I don't mean to like, you know, usually if someone tells me they have a gift, I'm going to run with it. But let's say I know this. Just trust. Uh, just trust. trust them. Please trust me that this person has an ego and thinks that they have untapped certain parts of the universe. I think there's a series of mental illness uh, involved in that, but <laughs> just to keep it as vague as possible. You know, but you know, the thread that I'm seeing here is I think when people take their claims too far or, you know, it's when they start harming people mm -hmm. intentionally or unintentionally. I think like when it starts to affect other people negatively on a regular basis, like that's when it's too far, in my opinion, mm -hmm. or when it makes your ego too big or, you know, whatever it may be when it's like a harmful practice, then I feel like it's taking it too far. I feel like that's a thread of like, yeah, taking it too far. And I say mental illness, but I want to say that when I think of people who are frauds or grifters or whatever the phrase is, just like how you said, sometimes I don't even think they're aware of it. I think mm -hmm. there is a spectrum of people who are completely fraudulent to completely genuine in their abilities and mm -hmm. in between, I think there is sometimes a gray space of people who think they have the abilities exactly. and are being fraudulent, are unaware that they're screwing people yeah. and hurting people and hurting themselves. So right, right, the spectrum is very broad, very wide. Well, I can't wait to see where this Andrew Jackson Davis fella falls on this spectrum because I have no idea. He certainly falls somewhere on the spectrum. And you let me know where you think it mm. is. So spiritualist Andrew Jackson Davis, not to be confused with our president, as you and I have both confused him for at once. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> he was born in Blooming Grove for Orange County, New York in 1826, and at a very early age realized that he had a gift. Mm. So in his autobiography, he even has a chapter called I Yield to the Mystic Power. Which, oh, my. Bold statement. Oh. I suppose I also yield to the mystic power, but I don't think I would title a chapter of my own Same, book like, like that. I don't not yield to it. <laughs> I think all I of think. us yield to it, whether or not we are aware of it. I think it's too late for us. But he wanted to let you know exactly where he stood on the matter. I got it. And what's interesting is that many people who call themselves clairvoyants or mediums, they do say that when they discover that they have abilities, it happens, or especially when they're young, it takes a while for them to fully understand them. Sure. And so I guess Andrew seemed to be one of those people where he, you know, he found out when he was younger and is just trying to make sense of it, which mm -hmm. so far mm -hmm. I'm on board. Yeah. So his family also moved around a lot when he was a kid. So he didn't get much of an education and that does fall into the criticism of him later. Okay. There's some skepticism on whether or not education is a role in this or whether or not he actually was more educated than he was letting on. Oh. So there's a little mystere, as there always seems to be. Mm -hmm. So when AJD, when he was 17 in 1843, he went to a lecture by a traveling doctor named Dr. J.S. Grimes. And I feel like every doctor from the 1800s had a name like that. What? I was going to say, don't you picture that on like a little bottle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Dr. J.S. Grimes tonic to cure all tonic, ills or something. Elixir. Right? Elixir. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the lecture was on mesmerism or as mm. what we now know as modern hypnosis. Okay. Um, I feel like we should have stuck with mesmerism. I feel like right away with that word, I know what we're getting into. Absolutely. I, feels mesmerizing. It has some like onomatopoeia, you know, it's like yeah. it's mesmerizing. <laughs> Anyway, at the lecture, he was picked as a volunteer to be hypnotized. But here is a thing, which you mentioned earlier, it did not work. Oh. And at some point after this failed lecture hypnosis, I think he was maybe, I don't know if he was like, oh, let's give it another whirl. But he was able to be put into a state of mesmeric trance by a man named William Levingston. I don't know what the storyline is there. Maybe he was embarrassed for getting kicked off stage and he was like, that can't happen again. So he's like, next time I get on stage to be hypnotized by a traveling doctor, I'm chugging the pee. Prepared. I'm chugging I'm the pee. <laughs> so he went to a man named William Levingston, who was able to put him under a trance. And when this happened, he came to a realization that he could accurately diagnose medical disorders. Oh, boy. Aha. Uh -huh. Thank you for saying exactly how I felt. <laughs> okay. He left the session now fully believing in his own clairvoyance that he could see medical disorders. Oh. Aha. Uh -huh. You and I are going to have a lot to text about later. Okay. So by the time he was 21, he claimed that he could just enter a hypnotic state 
without the help of others. So he could just kind of boom, go into a trance. Got it. Which I have heard people are able to do like very advanced meditation practice. That part I'm into. I would argue, I mean, I don't think I'm capable of it, but I do know that like I have certain routines that I'm trying to fall asleep and it's very easy for me to fall into like whatever I would consider like a meditative trance or Mm. like a lot of people when they're trying to astral project in some way, they have, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. mental routines. Yes. So that part I'm on board with so far. You think you can go into a hypnotic state? Maybe you are. Cool. But he would later go on to claim that when he's in a trance, the human body was transparent to his spirit eye, his third eye. So people just became invisible, basically. And when he was in this trance, he could look at a person. But when he was looking at them, he couldn't see their flesh. He could see the organs within their body clearly and see what was wrong with them. So he's basically claiming x-ray vision or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, let me take a little peek at your lungs. A little peekaroo. And I got it. I think that's why he also was so confidently telling people, I can diagnose medical disorders because I can look at your stomach right now and tell you blah, blah, blah. Okay, I get it. I see. So I think we can all take a guess. This is problematic. Yeah. <laughs> it's certainly problematic. And like, of course, my first thought is let's test him. I'm going to swallow something really random and then right. be like, what did I eat? And I feel like that's a dangerous game to play, but it's the one I want to play. Like that jackass episode where or that movie where the guy like puts a car in his butt. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I don't know. I, don't I would like love that. to put that guy in a room with Andrew Jackson Davis and be like, <laughs> tell me what's wrong. If you can't find the Hot Wheels in my ass, then we know that you're not fraud. Honestly, that guy from Jackass would have been doing us all a favor. That's all I'm saying. So Andrew Jackson Davis, he's got this like uh, hypnotic x-ray vision. Hmm. He also said that his clairvoyance let him know and understand divine truths and the laws of the universe. Okay. (sighs) As I read that sentence for the first time and also right now, I just can't help but roll my eyes yeah especially this is particularly too on the nose for me so i don't know if i'm in a position to have a clear mind reading a sentence like that because the person in my life that i have to deal with has said verbatim that to me really they understand divine truths and the laws of the universe 100 that's a dangerous because if you're convinced that you know the laws of the universe and have some divine truth that other people don't have then you're i mean not to bring up ego again but like then you think of yourself as infallible and like you can't be corrected or I mean, that's just a dangerous space to be in. And that's why I was also slipping in the mental illness note earlier, because I feel like I can't speak for Andrew Jackson Davis. But if it's anything like the person I'm referring to in my personal life, this fella is a super duper narcissist because mm. I feel like you really got to have a bold attitude about yourself to be like, sure. I understand divine truth and the laws of the universe and you don't. So, And it doesn't matter what anyone tells me. But yeah. And also, the truth. again, I don't think I'm in a solid, impartial mm. position. I think I'm more or less being triggered in some way with my own personal situation. But I do believe that there are people out there who are clairvoyant, who do have gifts and are able to see absolutely some, maybe divine truths that I can't. But I think this is a little too on the nose. It's like next level stuff. This, uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know where he stands. For all I know, you know, whatever. But I am a little wary of the fact that this guy is saying, I know the laws of the universe when you don't. And also I can see through your body and I can see diagnoses. One of the things that would make me fall for the things that this guy is saying, if I saw a chart of people he saved with his diagnoses. Yeah. I'd love to see how effective this was, like, in all seriousness. Yeah, I would love to see, like, oh, how many people had, like, conditions, medical conditions you were able to use your third eye and mm-hmm. and help them with. Right. Like, I'm genuinely curious. Me too. Mm-hmm. And if I found out that this guy was looking through your skin and could see your heart and your lungs <laughs> and 100 people survived because of him, hey, I'll shut up. Uh, you know, yeah. sure, totally. Go I mean, for we're it. not going to shut up, but like we'll no. change the topic. You know? Yeah, we'll we'll stop poking <laughs> at this. But anyway, so AJD did say that he understands divine truths, the laws of the universe, and this is what he said was the superior condition, which was beyond clairvoyance, and that's right. where it gets a little too narcissisty for me. He also claimed that he could visit the spiritual world whenever he wanted, and was given truths from beyond the spiritual world. So. I don't know how true that is. I do know that there are mediums out there who actively can speak to spirits. So that part I'm not knocking. 
Mm-hmm. I just I feel like after the first few things he said, I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. Absolutely. Up next, Andrew Jackson Davis has a life-changing experience that sends him out into the world sharing his views of the universe, raising more suspicions about what level of education he really had. Okay, so now this is where things are getting interesting. I want to know about this little, like, potential trickery. Trickery? The mystery is alive and well for us. Listeners, I have a very special announcement. Parcast is releasing its first book on July 12th, and you can help us celebrate. It's called Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Joined Them. And you can pre-order it today at parcast.com cults. This book was written for the fans, so to commemorate its launch, Parcast will be throwing some exclusive in-person and online events featuring popular true crime hosts such as Ashley Flowers from Crime Junkie, Christine and M from And That's Why We Drink, and more. Just visit parcast.com slash cults for event dates, locations, and how to sign up. See your favorite true crime authors and podcasters discuss the cults book and have a chance to participate in live Q&As. These events have limited space, so don't miss out. RSVP today. None of this would be possible without your support, so we truly hope you'll join us. Pre-order your copy of Cults and sign up for upcoming events at parcast.com slash cults. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. By the time he's 18 years old, Andrew Jackson Davis is fully immersed into this idea that he has the ability to basically unlock the secrets of the universe. And by the way, oh this boy. is a great time to remind you, he was only 18 years old. Whoa. Okay, no 18-year-old should be <laughs> this self-confident, in my opinion, that they know the universe's secrets. And even, let's pretend everything up until now, we 100% believe to be true. No 18-year-old should have the power. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Or the responsibility. Like, give him a few more years. Let him lean into it. Let him gradually learn his power. Like, his frontal lobe is far from developed. So Uh give it a second. Yeah, give it two seconds. His connection to spiritualism is allegedly on a higher plane than anyone else, according to him. And he can now travel on the astral plane and diagnose from great distances. Oh, boy. So from across the country, he can... Mm. He doesn't have to just look at your body anymore. His x-ray vision is out of date, basically. <laughs> Who needs it? <laughs> it's irrelevant because now he can just travel to the astral plane and look at you from Paris and be like, mm, actually, I know what your situation is. You stuck another Hot Wheels up your butt. You can't trick me. Hey, I mean, sidebar, but are you seeing the parallels of things that you and I have discussed before? <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about the Hot Wheels and I was like, Em, I don't want to know. I no. don't want to know. <laughs> so the following year in 1844 andrew has a life-changing experience this is the night of march 6th and he claims that he slipped into a semi-trance state and slipped freaks me out because that means that it's almost out of his control now yeah and powers took control of him that allowed him to travel with his astral body roughly 40 miles from poughkeepsie new york which is where he lived to the catskill mountains (laughs) <laughs> this is such a okay okay I'm, all right i'm there i'm following i like that his life-changing event by the way wasn't like becoming a vessel for universal truth but it was like checking out the cat scales it was like, like a camping trip <laughs> yeah like, by the way as someone who's had a long week i too wish i could just pop over to the cat scales I was just saying but like leave my body behind you know what I mean? leave the husk where it is and just go <laughs> light a bonfire and like have a few beers like, leave what the is- husk behind and <laughs> Go to, like, a very bougie spa. I don't know. I don't know what was going on in 1844, but the Catskills is certainly where I would accidentally slip into if I could. (laughs) And so, AJD, he said he came to the next morning. Uh So he did this whole 40-mile trek. 
then he comes to. And here's the part that confuses me because he says he comes to, and at that point, this is when he meets the Greek philosopher Claudius Galen and the Swedish seer Emanuel Swedenborg. And both of these men had died long before this happened. Okay, right. I was like, Galen is a long time ago. What's he doing in the cat skills? I'm confused why he came to and then met them, because I feel like you meet them and then you come to from like go back to reality. And you have a memory of it or something. Yeah. So he is like just it feels almost like he's slipping in between worlds or that's the story he's kind of telling us that he I didn't even mean to. And then I traveled 40 miles out of my body and then I woke up and talked to Greek philosophers. It's sounding either completely made up or if he truly believes it, it's miraculous or mental illness. It's one of these three options and one of those three options only. The best part about this is it's considered life changing and yet minimal information is given about this situation. Like, what did Galen tell you? Or did you just see him? Or it's just, okay, you had an astral trip that like blew your mind and then you woke up to Greek philosophers and Swedish seers in your room and then you just went on with your day, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, Good for him. Couldn't be me, that's for sure. I guess it changed his life, right? Like he called it life changing. What did it change? Maybe the fact that now he can see the dead. I'm unsure, but I know what. Well, I mean, he can see like a dead philosopher in his room. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant like now he's like just <laughs> now he's like bo- Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> That's what I really I was like. Um, this is this story is getting a little too much. That would be pretty life changing. So now, even with the spiritualist community, there is speculation as to what actually took place that night. No, you don't say. <laughs> so perhaps he just had a vision, and the trip never really happened, or maybe he really did go into a trance and traveled forty miles. I mean, we don't. I feel like we were not given enough information. And even if we were given every second of information, I still <laughs> don't know how much I would believe of it. Uh-huh. But it sounds like just another crazy day in the life of Andrew Jackson Davis. <laughs> just a classic AJD <laughs> situation. So whatever the truth was or is about that night, Andrew was very affected by it. It caused him to take a new path where he began traveling a lot to give his own lectures. Oh, okay. He took a page out of J.S. Grimes' book. J.S. Grimes and his elixirs, yeah. And his many elixirs. So while Andrew was traveling around giving lectures, he met a mesmerist named Dr. Lyons and another man named Reverend Fishbow. <laughs> okay. And I feel like the adventures of mesmerist Dr. Lyons and Reverend Fishbow is certainly an acid trip waiting to happen. <laughs> This is like some sort of allegory, like I'm supposed to learn some morality (laughs) lesson from this. The lion and the fish and the man who can travel 40 miles from Poughkeepsie. I don't know. That was beautiful. Thank you. Well, you know me, my ways of Mm. just, I don't know, making you seem interested in whatever I have to say. So Dr. Lyons was able to put Andrew into a trance. And while in that trance, Andrew would start talking, which the men found to be gold. I don't know if that was comedy gold or if (laughs) it was... I don't know what it is that he was saying the whole time, but let's just say that Dr. Lyons and Reverend Fishbow decided that they were going to transcribe everything that Andrew said. They took this stand-up routine on the road. Uh Uh-huh. They were like, he's already giving lectures. We've got the travel circuit booked. Wow. So basically they decided, okay, we're going to transcribe everything this guy has to say while he's under a trance. And they kept putting this man under a trance for 15 months. Oh. To transcribe everything he had to say. So I don't... There was that much to say? Okay. Well... Well, probably not. I have a feeling <laughs> the answer is no. He's like three months in there, like that wraps it up. And he's like, wait, no, I have one more thing. <laughs> Let me add one more thing. And it just like happened for 15 full months. I got to say, based on what I know so far about Andrew Jackson Davis, I feel like he truly thinks 15 months of words coming out of his mouth. All of it was actually true gold. gold. Philosopher's <laughs> stone gold. But I got to be honest, though, I feel like if I were under a trance and I was just free associating I would probably talk for 15 months. I don't know what would come out. (laughs) Yeah. I like we're giving him a lot of shit, but like you and I only talk for a living. That's all we do. I got to give him credit where credit's due. Like if I were put under a trance and told to talk, I wouldn't stop. Are you kidding me? Never. I'm not even under a trance right now and I can't stop. (laughs) Good point. We've certainly had a podcast for longer than 15 months and we thought we had something important to say. So, And we still keep it going despite (laughs) what the naysayers have probably rightly said. (laughs) I fear the day, by the way, not to like totally break the fourth wall and mention all of your podcasts in one, but I do fear the day that you do a Beach to Sandy episode on and that's why we drink. Oh, dear. No, never. (laughs) Too close to the sun. Too close to the sun. (laughs) 
danger. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, well, anyway, to bring it back to not reality, but whatever this is. So Andrew is talking for 15 months and they are just writing everything down that he says. And those transcriptions became Andrew's famous book called The Principles of Nature, Her Divine Revelations and a Voice to Mankind, which came out in 1847. I like that he calls himself a voice to mankind. Yeah. Doesn't at all confirm my feelings about him. Yeah, it's a lot. And like, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting a lot of words. And that is what the title is. It's a lot of words. I also wonder what parts of his 15 months of dialogue I wonder, like, what he decided stayed and what didn't. Is it like an 8,000-page book? It could be. It could be all 15 months of talking. But I would love to see the other book of all the stuff that didn't make it in because you know he said something in 15 months that was a little cringy. And he was like, let's not put He's that like, in the book. Let's leave that out. I was having an off day and I kind of made that part up. That wasn't really part of the trance. <laughs> the part that I made up is where I said, all of this isn't real. That was my Panera order. I was just hungry. <laughs> Take that out. So Andrew was 21 years old and this book came out. So he's 21? He's having a successful, <sighs> successful life, I think. Boy. And keep in mind, he didn't have that much of an education. He had only gone to school for like five months in his Mm -hmm. life, and he had read fewer than six books in his life. And now he's got a book that's, what I assume, selling pretty well since he's the voice of mankind. (laughs) But after this book, The Principles of Nature, came out, Andrew would go on to write and publish over 30 books (gasps) in 45 editions. Oh, my gosh. And again... I'm not saying this man is a narcissist or thinks highly of himself, even though he has said he has a superior condition beyond clairvoyance and he thinks he's the voice of mankind. But, you know, I could be out of line saying things like that. (laughs) However, in these 30 books and 45 editions, he would write about the seven planes of existence, mental and physical health, astronomy, physics, chemistry, philosophy, you name it, even though he had no education. (laughs) Yeah. So... He seems a little big for his britches, in my you opinion. Know, I'll give him, like, planes of existence, because that sounds like something you could probably just, like, whip up out of your mind's eye or whatever. But to talk about chemistry without any education, that part is where I get a little skeptical. Like, you got to have picked that up somewhere. If I'm right and he's got a couple loose screws, I also find it interesting that he finds himself an expert on mental and physical health. Like, that's mm. one of the topics he covered. Well, I mean, he can see your brain. Oh, right. I forgot. He literally can look at all of it. Just can he look at my brain while he's talking to me about the things he's saying and watch my brain break itself? Your synapses just like (laughs) misfiring left and right. (laughs) I'll also give him the planes of existence. It's one of those weird things where like, I don't believe he's giving us at least the full truth. Mm. Maybe he does have some clairvoyant gifts and he just really ran with it. Maybe he has no clairvoyant gifts. Maybe he has all clairvoyant gifts and I'm completely in the wrong here. I don't think I am, though. I'll be honest, I don't either. And I think most of us would agree. Yeah. Well, let's assume that he is dealing with some mental stuff while also being clairvoyant. And the two are just getting mixed together Mm. in a weird Venn diagram. I'll give him that he wrote about seven planes of existence. Because that seems like... Who am I to say? Like, oh, that's not one of the planes. Not my world. Not my world. Not Not going to knock it. I will knock it about mental health and physical health and chemistry, though. I mean, I know this was a long time ago, but like, you know, you're preaching on mental health. Like maybe you should not brag about how uneducated you are in the topic. It's like, right. well, that seems to not really mesh, but OK. I will say, though, I'll give him the seven planes of existence because if he did have some clairvoyance to him, then he might know about that. I'll even give him begrudgingly i'll even give him philosophy because maybe he really did talk to a philosopher after his weird cat skills right. astral plane experience swedenborg those are things if only he's talking about what galen had to say other than mm. that i'm not gonna give him philosophy yeah but yeah i don't know what of this is real i have a feeling he was talking out of his little tushy i think if we were to look back <laughs> at his books in today's world and like fact check him we'd find a few errors that's what i'm gonna leave Mm, that's a bold statement em but no it's really not because within (sighs) 45 editions of these books like there has to be at least a typo right especially 45 editions i feel like what on the 44th one you had something else to say like (laughs) you're like let me let me update this (laughs) 15 months of talking wasn't enough for you (laughs) he also wrote about how he'd see the human body as transparent and when he was in a trance like i mentioned earlier 
So at least he was open about that in his book. Okay. Honest about whatever he may or may not be honest about. Sure. (laughs) And (laughs) this guy's a mess, in my opinion. So there's an author named James Walk who wrote about Andrew Davis in his book called History of Medicine in New York, Volume 2, in 1919. Mm. And he had his doubts because... If Andrew was going to write about this stuff, then mm-hmm. James Walk, uh, he was like, well, Andrew can't possibly not be more educated than he's letting on. If he's going to talk about this stuff, he has to have some sort of education to back up what he's saying. Right. Like he must have learned this somewhere. Basically. Yeah. So he okay. thinks Andrew did, in fact, read and study up on these topics, which mm-hmm. is a fair argument of like, if you're going to write about this stuff, please tell me you know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I think that's fair. And that was back in 1919. People were doubting what this guy was saying or at least part of his story. Yeah, it's almost like he's withholding some truth. And I feel like that automatically makes you more skeptical. It's like, why are you not telling us everything? Bingo. Bingo. Coming up, we'll chat about how authentic we think Andrew Jackson Davis was and reveal which president he was rumored to have advised. But it was not... Andrew Jackson? Okay, I was like, that's my only guess. Okay, (laughs) never mind. (laughs) Well, I did say when we got back, we would talk about how authentic we thought Andrew Jackson Davis was. And I think I have given my opinion. But so far, where do you stand, Christine? You know, it's weird. I want to be like, he's full of baloney, but there's something about the story that just like, I feel like I have two very conflicting viewpoints here because Mm -hmm. I have a really hard time believing people who take like other people's health into Mm -hmm. their own hands. And it like, you know, it's just something you and I have talked about. And especially like for someone who has like a chronic illness, like I have Crohn's disease and I've had plenty of people in my family and otherwise tell me like, oh, well, it's because of like a past life experience and a way to heal it is by like, don't take those infusions every eight weeks. Like, you know, that's poison. Go put like gemstones on your forehead or whatever. You know, like (laughs) I've had all sorts of baloney stuff thrown at me about like how to fix my health problems. And if I truly listened to them and believed them, like I would have made myself so much sicker. And so I have a really hard time sometimes with this. But at the same time, I have had experiences. Like I was in Greece one day. I was in Greece one day. That's the weirdest sentence. (laughs) Were you hanging out with Galen? What were you doing? (laughs) Oh, right. I just took a little camping trip. It's fine. (laughs) I was in Greece and uh, like on a school trip. And this guy was, I forget what we were doing. Oh, I think it was one of those creepy like fish where they eat your dead skin off your feet. <laughs> oh, you were at a salon? You were getting your feet? Oh, sorry. What it, school trip were you on where you were getting pampered? <laughs> what must be nice. You were in Greece getting your feet <laughs> pampered okay. by little fish eating creatures. It was a really weird time of my life. Let's just leave it at that. And so, but afterward, like they had this like massage therapist guy and he came in and he was like doing like a five minute foot massage. Okay. This is also like in some weird back alley. I hope you got alley. a straight it was not A on this class. <laughs> it was not fancy. It was like a back alley, like Groupon basically. And so this guy's doing this foot massage and like he like stops for a second and he barely spoke English. And he looked at me and he's like, you have stomach problems. And I was like. Mm. Um, yeah. And he's like, you have ulcers. And I was like, how do you know? And he's like, I can just tell by your feet. And I was like, what? And I've had multiple people do that. Like if I'm getting my toenails done or whatever, like people will sometimes literally be like, you have, there's a problem with your, and I think that's more an acupressure situation. Oh, maybe. But I have had a few situations where people will either do Reiki on me and be like, oh my gosh, you have like intestinal issues. It's really weird. And so part of me is like, maybe it's just I want to believe there's some truth to it and that people aren't just so blatantly like using vulnerable sick people. But at the same time, like I don't have that much faith in humanity. So like my gut is sort of, you know. Well, it's fair. I mean, I'm more leaning to the fact that he is full of baloney, but I also will admit that I am not biased in this situation because I have to deal with someone like him. Or that you are biased. Uh, yeah, I right, am biased because right. I have to deal with someone like him and I, right. on a semi-regular basis and it's a lot to deal with. And like when I think of it from that perspective, I'm like, oh, hell no. You know, like from the experience you've had, I'm like, oh, hell no. I don't want to touch this with a 10 foot pole. But yeah. so it's sort of weird. It's like I have two sides. 
my judgment is definitely clouded, so I'm leaning on to this guy is not who he's saying he's being. But I have also had the, well, I haven't personally had the same experience that you did, but even my own mom, she had just gone through all of her doctor appointments. She even got her um, thyroid tested at the hospital and like, and no one found anything wrong. And then she went to some weird back alley Reiki person who was like, you have thyroid cancer. And they were right. And we're not condoning just go to back alleys and talk to people who can see the future. But no, I mean, there have just been moments where there are people you run into, just they happen to be right. And I don't know if that was a gift or a good guess or, you know, taking advantage of people. Like you said, I like to think that he's I think you and I are on the same page of like really hoping he's telling the truth or at least hoping he believes it in some sense, because like it would be just so twisted and dark if he's just like it's with everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Hey, I hear you. But so Andrew Jackson Davis, he wrote this book, The Principles of Nature, or really spoke it into existence since he <laughs> talked for 15 months. <laughs> and he wrote in it that he believed that spiritualism would continue to grow and soon we would be connecting to spirits all the time, which Uh, I guess if you wanted to like squint your eyes and try to find some relevance to it, I guess that's true in that people are more open-minded to spirituality today than they used to be, or or at least in my circles, I don't know what the rest of the world is like, but I feel like if you're really struggling to like split hairs, I I guess you could say he's right. Yeah, it's hard to say because on the one hand, I'm like, but that was the height of spiritualism. Like, yeah, see, I don't think it's that pervasive as it was back then as far as like believing whatever you saw. But at the same time, I'm like, I guess a belief in the supernatural has persisted, obviously. So I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, let's say in the short term of things and the short run of things, he was more or less onto something because. Oh, he's like a trend forecaster. Yeah. I don't know if it still rings true today, at least compared to, like you said, a time of spiritualism. But right around him making that claim is also when spiritualism started showing up in the U.S. Because in 1848, not long after his prediction, two sisters in Hydesville, New York, reported to have communicated with spirits. And we have mm. covered them on And That's mm-hmm. Why We Drink. They're the Fox Sisters. Fox and it was Sisters. Episode 201, if you'd like to go listen to that. They knocked with their... They're the knockers. Okay, I'm not going to give any more spoilers, but... Them, and then I think shortly after them was the Davenport Brothers. I always thought the Fox Sisters and the Davenport Brothers should marry and have, you know, just keep it in the family. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) But uh, no, the Fox Sisters are known to be some of the first big influences of spiritualism in the U.S. So, Mm -hmm. and hey, that was right around after he predicted that spiritualism was going to keep growing. So. Right. At least for the meantime, he was onto something. Mm-hmm. And this was also prior to the Civil War. And if you listen to our episode on Mary Todd Lincoln's seance, you'll know the concept of connecting with spirits definitely grew on top of that. Another interesting fact about Andrew Jackson Davis is that I said he was involved with a president. Mm. Really wish it was Andrew Jackson because that would have worked out very well for all of us. But many people do think that Andrew Jackson Davis advised Abraham Lincoln during the Civil War. Okay, so Abe is just all over the place with these spiritualists. All over the place. So if you listened to our Mary Todd Lincoln episode, Mm -hmm. how she was very involved in seances in the White House and Abraham Lincoln is said to have even joined her at some of the seances and they had a son die in the White House. And so his ghost is still said to haunt the area. It sounds like Abraham Lincoln is just riddled with spirits, or at least spirituality or spiritualism. And I remember in that episode talking about how Abraham Lincoln might have originally only been doing seances as a publicity stunt or to like kind of stay relevant with the times. Right, right. But I feel like if he's also talking to Andrew Jackson Davis, who was this the superior clairvoyant, I feel like Abraham Lincoln actually really had an interest. And also he was married to someone who had a huge interest in it. So right, right. Maybe Mary Todd Lincoln was like, we got to have this guy over for dinner. And that's where this all stemmed from. Got to have this very uneducated genius. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I call myself. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) So jumping ahead later in life, Andrew Jackson Davis went to medical school. Oh, my God. I Wow. The irony. And he retired in Boston, (laughs) which, again, I don't want to knock medical school from any point in the timeline. But I feel like maybe the 1800s medical school curriculum was either easier to follow or it was 
easier to get in or it was easier to graduate. Or this man is completely lying to us and he was very well read in a lot of things. But I feel like you can't just jump into medical school. Or could you yeah, in the 1800s? I, I don't think know. maybe you could. I mean, if you were like a white man, obviously not anybody. But I do feel like there is some element from when we read these old stories where people could just kind of become doctors if they had the right kind of resources. Charisma. Yeah. Or like money. But at the same time, like, can you imagine being in this guy's class and he's like, oh, I don't need to do an exam. I can see their kidney stones from here, <laughs> like through my invisible eye. Like, I just feel like it would be so wild to me if he kept up this like notion that he can do this throughout medical school. I know he was a grown man, but I'd love to see the comments on his report card. Like, right. what are the teachers saying? Like, this guy clearly deserves to be a doctor yesterday. Why is he in my class? Or like, no, like, why is this guy acting like he can x-ray vision people? That's not what this is. Hey, they still gave him a degree. Somebody so gave him a degree, I guess. Someone yeah. either believed him or, or wanted him out of there. Thought he was in his right mind the whole time. I don't know. But he became a doctor, which is just the most ironic part for him to be bragging about never reading to just go to medical school but and like, then graduate. Why does he even want to be a doctor if he can already? Well, I guess maybe for just the title and the money. I don't know. This guy seems like someone who loves titles. Remember, he is the voice of mankind. <laughs> That's true. Who am I kidding? <laughs> so he retired in Boston and he opened up a small bookshop and still prescribed herbal remedies to his patients. And he died in 1910 at the age of 84. And that is uh, Andrew Jackson Davis. He lived a long life. I wonder if he could look in the mirror and see his own organs and know at 84 that he was on his way out. I wonder. That's an interesting point. I mean, he lived a long time. He lived a long time. But I feel like if you are that connected with spirituality, where you're just slipping in between different astral planes. I feel like you should know something about how you're going to go. You I mean, know? maybe you do. But like, what are you going to do about it? I know. I just feel like I would have heard him brag about it. I feel like oh, I, yeah, like I'm going out on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's have a, one big party together. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that is uh, Andrew Jackson Davis. Do you have any differing opinions from what I asked a while ago. But. You know, no, I'm just I'm going to keep my very skeptical mind as much as I'm like, ooh, interesting concept of being able to like send somebody's internal organs from the outside. I'm like, you know what? I got to keep a this is a little too dangerous for me mm. to really fall for. I feel like this is a a slippery, a slippery slope, slope. If, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also agree with you that it I mean, I'm obviously going to stay more skeptical than maybe even you mm -hmm. would, which is so weird. We finally found our topic it's where I'm more skeptical rare. and you're more, you know, open to it. Very but rare. yeah, I don't know. I feel like if I wasn't sure already that he was getting away with a lot, the nail in the coffin for me was that he just kind of waltzed into medical school. And maybe, I don't know, maybe he didn't waltz in. Maybe he worked really hard and finally read a book to be able to apply to medical school. But it sounds like he went from really having no background to just being able to casually write about evolution and get into medical school and all at the same time still claiming to not have read any books. I mean, like, it feels like he got away with a lot. It feels it's like... It's just sketchy. And I'm like, yeah. once you start realizing he's lying about being well-read or understanding literature or what have you or chemistry, then you're like, what else is he lying about? And also, why is he lying about it if he does have these gifts? Like, it really is a slippery slope in that way. Yeah. And like, I know you said this earlier, but maybe he did have some natural abilities, like clairvoyant abilities, and he just took it really far and was like, I know how I can monetize this or I can uh, turn this into a career path. And then he took it really far and was like, I'm also a chemist now, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe like he thought he was clairvoyant. There are true clairvoyants out there. I believe that. But I think maybe with him, maybe he thought he had gifts, but his gifts were actually just being able to like read a room really well or like the gift of gab or like kind of being able to if he had a thought or he thought something might go one way, he had that ability to be able to kind of predict something and be right more often than not. Or I don't know. I don't know what his deal was, but I feel like at a young age, he just kind of learned the social skills to embolden whatever he already believed about himself or convince other people that he was telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for his confidence. <laughs> so. That's true. Maybe he was doing things for the title. But I feel like for a guy that seems very arrogant and into titles, I feel like he would have loved to brag about being well-versed and being well-read. It's weird that he was keeping that I so hush-hush. 
But I think that was how he was trying to convince people that this was a natural ability from That's the, true. the universe. Like he didn't read it in a book. He like got it from some divine source. That's true. That's true. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, it seems like he kind of flip flopped on that when he yeah. went to medical school. So maybe he was like, all right, I'm tired of this charade. Maybe I should actually go maybe. get some real education. I don't know. But it's a weird gray area where I feel like a lot of people listening are probably going to scream from the top of their lungs that he's clearly phony. There are mm-hmm. other people who might really want to be on the camp that he, you know, was just really good at being clairvoyant. I really am in the camp of the gray space between like, is it clairvoyance? And, you know, maybe there was like a sprinkle of mental illness in there that kind of, you know, you can't really pull the two apart very cleanly. I don't totally know. Here's Dr. M diagnosing mental illness. If he can do it, I can too. <laughs> That's a fair <laughs> point. <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'd certainly, especially given my own uh, background with people in my life that act a lot like him, I feel like I am on the cautionary side. I'm probably going to jump over there with you, to be honest. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Information on today's episode came from the Poughkeepsie Public Library, National Library of Medicine, Spiritist Group of New York, and The Spirit Book by Raymond Buckland. Remember to follow Rituals on Spotify to get a brand new episode every week. And you can listen to this and all other episodes of Rituals for free exclusively on Spotify. And if you like this show, follow at Parcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. You can find me at VM Schultz. And you can find me at Xteen Schieffer. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week. Rituals is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by Max Cutler. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Kevin McAlpine. Fact checking by Cheyenne Lopez. Research by Chelsea Wood. It's produced by Kristen Acevedo and Jonathan Ratliff with production assistance by Ron Shapiro. We're your hosts, Christine Schieffer and M. Schultz. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa. Exciting news. ParCast's first book, Cults, Inside the World's Most Notorious Groups and Understanding the People Who Join Them, is now available for pre-order at ParCast.com cults. Thanks to your support, we've compiled years of research, insights, and a catalog of case studies to expose more about these cults and the people behind them than ever before details which haven't even been explored in our cults podcast visit parcast.com cults to pre-order your copy of cults inside the world's most notorious groups and understanding the people who join them 